Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and I'm going to start this episode off in a way that I never imagined that I would, and that is going to be by thanking Brugger's Bagels, because if it were not for a Brugger's Bagels by Hank Shields' house, this man would not be sitting here with me, and we would not be preparing to talk about his company, Omaha Bagel Company. Hank, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thank you for having me. We are going to get into that story uh, and a lot more in this episode, but I think we have to start with just the base product of a bagel. Like when people, like a bagel is kind of like, it. it's on the surface, it's a very humble food. Like no one looks at a bagel and is like, wow, that is a like a product of culinary innovation, but it really is. I mean, there's a lot of science that goes into it and I want to get your get your thoughts on that but first just starting at a real high level in your opinion what are the defining characteristics of a great bagel um a great bagel is um number one boiled you have to boil it and then you just have to know what you're doing i would say and First disclaimer: I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. I've, I've, I've <laughs> this learned. This is an odd way to start the podcast. I've learned. Right? I've learned as I've gone. Um, but I will say the criteria for a great bagel: um, it's cold fermented, it's um, boiled, it's baked at high heat, and that's pretty much it. Bagels are labor. Bagels are not too difficult. Now, t- tell me about the boiling because I think for most bagel shops especially kind of the chains, that's the step that gets skipped. They go straight from proofing to baking. What does boiling do to bagels? Yeah, that's sad. I, it, Omaha, that makes me sad that, that they're skipping that step. Um, boiling kind of allows the crispiness of the outside to be locked in. So you boil it, throw it in the oven real quick, and then you get that crispy exterior. So these bagels that you're buying at the store – have not been boiled. That's that's true, and that's why it's kind of like bread. Mm-hmm. You're buying a round donut without the frosting that tastes like bread. And that's not a bagel, right? It just, it has the same texture throughout. But one of your bagels, a Omaha Bagel Company bagel, it's got that nice like chewy interior, and then yeah, like you said, that crusty, crispy exterior. And I loved. I'd never seen this before, but on one of your social media posts you got you did what you called the knock test yeah where you just held up a bagel 
and you knocked on it and it sounded like somebody was like knocking on the door. It was super cool. And I think that's like one of the things that separates your products from almost any other bagel in Omaha. The only other bagel that I've found like that is at Bagel Bin and they've been around since before I was alive. They, they know their processes a little bit. But uh, yeah, so as we start this and as we talk about bagels, I want people to understand where they can find you and how they can get their hands on these bagels just if they are so enticed. You can follow Omaha Bagel Company on Facebook or Instagram and just send them a message. You guys usually send out the bat signal every Wednesday or Thursday saying, hey, you know, get orders in by this week. Here are the flavors we have available this week. And then you yourself will make deliveries to people's homes, or you also sell on Sundays at the Exarban Farmer's Market, correct? Yeah, you said that better than I could have. Um, <laughs> we just post the flavors every week, and then it's my wife and I answering the, the messages, text, um, you know, knocks at the door, and then we'll get you bagels Friday, Saturday, delivery or pickup, and then Sunday at the Exarban Farmer's Market, which right. has been been huge. Nice. Farmer's Market's great. Uh-huh. And we'll get into the farmer's market, but I want I want to touch on what you kind of just talked about. Everything, it's your family. It, if something if, is done by the Omaha Bagel Company, it's you or your wife or maybe to a lesser extent, one of your three young kids. I mean, you, you guys are doing this all together. How cool is that to like have this shared familial experience? I mean, yes, you're running a business and you're making money, but from my conversations with you, I think you're more excited that this is something that you guys get to do together. Yeah. If you talk about, um, you mentioned a a number of things. If you talk about like the things that motivate an entrepreneur, right. Or a business owner, um, money has to be on that list. Money is definitely not the top three on that list for me to, to run a business. You need to be profitable. Let's not, you know, have any false understanding about that, but, Top two for me is the family involvement. And so we have these young kids that we're trying every day, a parent, right? It's just trying to figure out how do I teach my kids how the world works, right? And, and every day they, ha- they might have these examples um, that they try to impart upon their children. And they do a poor job, they do a great job, and they say, man, tomorrow I'll do better. But at the end of the day, I just want to teach my kids how the world works. And so this is that for, for us, like this is the world, you know, coming home from work, making bagels, saying, Hey, step up here at the farmer's market. I want you to sell to my seven-year-old, look someone in the eye, make change for them, thank them when they leave. And then the next person's coming up. We'll do this again next week. That's how the world works. Right. And so they're, I'm hoping that they're going to learn lessons through this whole process that I wouldn't have had another opportunity or a, as direct of an opportunity to, to teach them. How fun is that for you as a parent to see them grow in those ways, to see, you know, to see your son, like talk to a stranger at the farmer's market and say, Hey, we, we've got this really cool product. Do, do you want to try it? Like that's an opportunity most kids will never have, but you get to see them grow in totally different ways. How cool is that as a parent? Yeah, extremely. Um, cool some days and and just informative in in other days like okay we have these opportunities with with these children right and 
thankfully, the bagel thing has provided us numerous opportunities to give feedback to kids. A seven-year-old receives feedback much differently than a mature adult, right? And so I can't give the same feedback in the same way to my seven-year-old, but I'm, it's still the same experience of, hey, this is how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that family is like the number one thing in the business profit would be three or maybe even outside the top three what's number two yeah that that bounces around a little bit but before we started this um it was just purpose and how do we engage with the community just how do we give not necessarily give back that sounds very cliche in my opinion but how do we just embed ourselves in the community that we live in Mm -hmm. because we're so grateful to be able to walk across the street to our pool. That's our community. But how can we like intertwine ourselves? How do we contribute? How do we be a part of it? Yeah. Yeah. How how are we more than just a paying member of the pool? How are we more than just a tax paying citizen? And so there was always a search for something bagels was not food was not the thing it was just you know entrepreneurship first of all dan is is the most exciting thing to me and so entrepreneurship community engagement like just greater purpose in life um being productive there's a lot of things that would go into that number one and two so multiple words not necessarily a, a specific sentence gotcha okay so you're looking for a way to be a contributor to the community to really bring something to the table to bring something to the table we've, we've used this analogy before it's like you get invited to thanksgiving dinner you're you're happy to be there you you know you show up but it's like what are you bringing to the table and so it, it's the thanksgiving dinner analogy to me of we wanted to bring more to the table and you showed up to thanksgiving with bagels bagels and okay so we reference it off the top but how'd you get the idea we to your point, you started it. You threw me for a loop. We're we're talking about Brugers at the, <laughs> at the top of the show. Um, we we would drive past Brugers Bagels, my wife and I, um, on Center Street, and there would always be five to seven cars in line. And I'm just chatting with my wife, and I'm like, "Why are there so many cars in line? What's the deal with bagels?" And that would be one day. We do it the next day. I said, man, Michelle, do you see all these? These cars are still there. You know, this is a different day. It's like 11 o'clock. Like all these people want bagels at 11 o'clock. So, you know, fast forward, play that scene for maybe a year. um, And I'm like, well, first of all, she's like, stop mentioning (laughs) that. She's like, I had enough. She knows that, that at this point in our life and it's gone to different degrees of like annoyance to her, it's been discussed. Like we should do something. We need to do something. Like we can spend our time doing more. Um, so the bagel thing at in front of Bruger, she's just like, stop mentioning it or do something. And I'm like, okay. Took note of that comment. Stopped mentioning it, and um, found a mixer on an auction, an online auction. Um, won the mixer on the online auction. Super exciting to participate in online auctions. 
If you've never, have you? I mean, yeah, back in the day with eBay, I didn't even know that those existed anymore. Uh, yeah, I buy think, everything off Amazon now. I didn't know that no, you had to fight online for Online auction is like you scroll through hundreds of items, and it could be any like genre of things. Wow. Everything businesses go out of business, and so you go on, you get notified that there's an auction, um, and then you're just scrolling through all the things, and you're like, I have 25% of a need for that. And then you bid. You're like, ah, I could get it for cheap. Then someone comes over the top of you. So then your competitive juices kick in. You're like, okay, I'm going to win this thing and you don't need it. And, and then you end up with um, a, a bagel mixer. Not this example. I need, <laughs> I needed the mixer. Needed Dan. One, yes. I needed the mixer. So I bought the mixer, drove to Hebron, Nebraska, put the mixer in the back of our CRV, um, brought it home. My wife was getting ready to have shoulder surgery at this time. She didn't, I didn't inform her. Like, the mixer thing happened really quick. I just <clears throat> found the mixer, bought the mixer on a Tuesday, had to take Wednesday afternoon off work um, and go buy or go pick up the mixer. Brought, and I called her on Wednesday afternoon like, hey, I'm taking the afternoon off to go get this mixer. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, we're going to make bagels. <laughs> She's like, you're crazy. You told me to do this. I was like, do you remember all yes. these conversations? Uh-huh. Uh, and she's like, no, none of those conversations ever happened. And I put the mixer in the back of the car. This is, I'm, there's so many microcosms of stories within these, within this condensed version and drove the mixer home. The, the CRV is like scraping against the ground the auctioneer was like, you're never going to fit this, this Hobart mixer in the back of your CRV. I'm like, well, I drove three hours from Omaha. I, I need to. We got it in there, brought it home, set it up. And then I'm like, let's figure out how to make bagels, right? No business model, none of that stuff. Um, the mixer was the catalyst to then say, okay, now I have essentially the equipment in my mind. Let's go figure out how to make bagels. And no experience in the food industry, correct? None, none. So, like, how do you take that leap, especially in such a short amount of time? Because that takes just so much confidence to say, I have no experience doing this certain thing, but I see a niche. Someone could fill that niche. I think it could be me. I, I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try it. Like, how, how did you cross that bridge in your mind? It, it didn't take confidence. It, it took a certain level of just rational, rational thinking and understanding what your risk tolerance is. And I'm speaking to any entrepreneur out here that's, that's like, hey, I think I have a problem statement identified. I just don't know how to go about it. I would say entrepreneurism is first of all, what's, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? So is there a need for the thing that you want to go do as an entrepreneur? And then ask yourself, well, what's, what's my risk tolerance? I have $100 in the bank. If I lose that $100, what will happen? Will I, do I have a friend that can give me another 100 or am I totally broke? So let's say you're totally broke when you lose that $100 only gamble 25 of those dollars on your investment to figure out if that problem is actually a problem. So then you take that $25, you buy your mixer in this example, you figure out how to do the things, you test the market, nobody wants it, you say, okay, I lost $25, fine, I still have 75, 
go figure out the next thing. So all, all that to say, I understood what my risk tolerance was. It was a minimal risk for me. I was just going to figure out if this problem was really a problem and then pivot. If nobody wanted the bagels, we were just going to go. I, it might have been another year, two years, maybe never. Look for the next problem statement and then just figure out you know, how to fit in. What separates you from at least 99%, if not every other guest I've ever had on this show, is you approached the food industry from a completely entrepreneurial angle. You did not have dreams of opening a restaurant. You didn't you know, necessarily you know, grow up watching Food Network. Your parents weren't in the industry. Like All these different reasons why my guests and different friends I've had on here open restaurants or start businesses, you're different from them. And I think that might give you in some ways an advantage. Do you think that coming in with just such an objective view and saying, I'm not here because of something that's in my heart necessarily, but I'm here because I have a problem that I think I can solve. Do you think that kind of objective view as opposed to coming in like really emotionally invested gave you an advantage? Um, First of all, leading with data as opposed to emotion always gives you an advantage. And I'll say that with a shout out to my team at ConAgra. Love ConAgra. Love my job. Have no no roadmap of quitting my job. Love the people I work with. And we work on a master data team, right? Mm -hmm. And so every problem that we have, we lead with data. We say, what, what does the data tell us? What are the facts around the situation? And then we can bring in maybe how loud the person is asking for their thing to be handled as, as a factor, but really it's the data. You know, what's the business value? Um, let's think about the facts first. And, and so to your question, I think it's an advantage for anyone to remove emotion, first of all, and just look at the facts. Doesn't matter if it's me, doesn't matter if it's, you know, block 16, boiler room. They need to look at the facts and say, is this thing selling? No, take it off the menu. Let's try something else. Let's look at the auto body shop. Are people coming in for only oil changes and I'm spending all this money on equipment to support a need that is there 1% of the time? Get rid of that thing and just focus on oil changes. Like facts rule the day. That's not me. That's just the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you get the, the bagel mixer home. Car barely makes it home. Now you've got a conversation with your wife that is like, okay, I bought a bagel mixer. I'm going to try this. What is that conversation? Oh, she's just like, you know I'm having shoulder surgery tomorrow. I was like, it's no big deal. Just help me unload this. I'll take it from here. <laughs> so we unloaded it. And then the next morning she went to, to the hospital to have shoulder surgery. I'm sitting in the waiting room just going crazy like, looking up different resources and and things to kind of fast forward the bagel idea. You can't fast forward these things. And so I'm trying to be logical and think through the steps of the things that I need to do, you know, put together a business plan. How am I going to go to market? What's the marketing strategy? Like also I need to figure out how to make a bagel. All of that's kind of intertwined. And so the mind is going a hundred miles an hour. So where, Uh, where, where does one even start? Like, it's just you have no experience making bagels, and all of a sudden I need to learn how to make a bagel. How, how do you level up your game? How do you start figuring that out? Everything's on YouTube. You just watch videos. That's it. 
So I just spent hours, you know, watching videos on how to make a New York style bagel. It's that simple. It doesn't matter what your problem is. It's all online. You can figure it out and then you can go do it. The difference between most people is they just don't do it. They don't do it. I didn't even take a big risk, Dan. I just did it. Think about the next level of like the major entrepreneurs out here, like the Elon Musks. They took risks. Like the level of just doing it is so simple. You just have to do it. That's wh- that's where I'm at. I haven't taken any major risks yet. Okay, that that's great. It's working out for you. What do you remember about your first batch of bagels? They were horrible. Horrible. We were giving out bagels for free to as many people as as we could, and I was not getting responses to texts for free bagels. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I have a, I, I've got some bagels. I'm going to drop them off. No response, like leaving me on red. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like uh, I've overstayed my welcome with even free bagels. Uh, so, at what point did that start to turn, where you started to become proud of your product? Um, I remember our insurance agent, a good friend of ours. The, the sliders, Mike Slider, was coming by. I was getting insurance for the business. Um, one of the things you need is insurance if you're going to sell food. So if someone dies, you have insurance. Knock on wood. Um, Mike came over, and I'm like, Mike, I want to give you some bagels. And he's, he's forcing me to take money. He's like, I'm going to pay for these. These are good bagels. I'm like, all right, I'll take the money. You know. And from, from that point, it was like, all right, we just have to rip the Band-Aid off and see if someone will buy <clears throat> the bagels. And that's what we did. People bought the bagels. At first, it was friends, you know, people that just want to support you. That's what it will be, no matter what the product is. It'll be your friends that want to support you. But then if you see that shift away, friends slowly stopped being the names that were on our, our sheet every week, and it was just random people. And I'm like, the friends have gone away, and the random people have started to come in and that's when it was like, okay. And then you're just, you're just being logical still. Like, okay, you're, you're tweaking it a little bit each week. So proud of the bagels. This morning I was proud of the bagels. Like, it, it's batch to batch, Dan. Like, my wife is the heaviest critic of the bagels. As soon as, as, soon as we drop a bagel in the boiling pot of water, she's like, these bagels are horrible. And I'm like, they're great bagels. She's the heaviest critic of the bagels. Well... And and I love how you say it's batch to batch because I think for people who haven't baked, they might not understand how much the conditions change. Humidity, temperature, uh, there are just so many factors that change baking times and baking temperatures, at, at least in, in, in other bakeries. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but like what was the adjustment period like for you with that where – you can your recipe might work perfectly one day, but then the next day it's like, well, what the heck? These didn't these didn't turn out like they did. There, yesterday. There's What's no adju- the adjustment period is still happening. It's infuriating. Um, <laughs> and Ellie Pegler, who owned Farine and Four here in town, an awesome awesome shop, is the one that kind of taught me the method behind bagels. And she had so much knowledge, and I'm like, Ellie, this is too much. I just need to know like the basic steps. And so I'll continue to go ask her questions when something crazy happens. Like the dough didn't rise as much as it did the day before. She's like, there's really no answer to that. There's so many variables that go into it. Humidity, temperature of the room, 
How long did because our bagels are sourdough bagels? So how active is the sourdough when you add that to the mix? And like, at what point did you add the sourdough? Um, how warm was the water? How long did you mix the bagels? All these things um, go into it. And so the adjustment period, as with any profession, is should last for a lifetime. If you say my adjustment period is done as an engineer and you're, you're done learning, you're you, you're, I don't want to work with you. Mm-hmm. If, you. if you are done learning, you've reached you know, the maximum of the information you can absorb and your ability to adjust and get better, and you say, I, I stopped learning and getting better 10 years ago. I don't want to work with you because we're all, to the day we die, we're learning and, and getting better. Mm-hmm. How much time passed between the day you bring home the mixer until that day with the insurance agent when you're like, okay, somebody actually bought these. We feel comfortable selling them to friends, family, and eventually the public. It was probably... Michelle would know better than me because the date of her, her surgery... It was probably a month, month and a half. That's it. Yeah. So you level well, up it wasn't fast. it wasn't perfect. The bagels were not good in the beginning. <laughs> but people were paying for them. People were paying for them, yeah. I think Omaha needs good bagels. And our average Is that how low the bar was? I think our average bagels are needed in Omaha. Um Omaha needs good bagels. That's the thing. Omaha loves bagels, is what I've learned. And Omaha needs good bagels. How did you I mean, you were just talking a couple minutes ago about the the temperature of the room, the temperature that, you know, bagels need to be stored at. Like, obviously, making hundreds of bagels in a week, like, you need room in your home to do that. Like, how did you reconfigure your home to be able to have this functioning business inside of it? Um, we just fit it in. Just fit it in, Dan. Things will fit. Most people don't have a bagel mixer in their home somewhere. Where's the bagel mixer? It's in our basement. It's in the basement. There's two mixers in the basement. Okay. Yeah. My wife typically, my wife makes the dough and Michelle makes the dough and she's got both mixers going and she's just, you know, mixing things. Mixers are going. She's just rocking it down in the basement Um, because she, in her words, she does better than me. It was me making... The, the the dough in the beginning, and now she was forced to take it over because she's better at it, <laughs> which I, I don't disagree with. That one comment that she made in front of Brugger's that morning, she bit off a lot more than she could chew. She's motivated one. differently than me, uh-huh. and it's just tapping into the things that motivates her, and then she's... Uh, I couldn't, we couldn't do it without each other. So that kind of gets into what I want to touch on next. What, what is the bagel making process? Like walk me through it at the start of a week when you're like, okay, here's what we need to do to be prepared to deliver these on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk through that. Um, we'll, we'll take orders throughout the week for Friday and Saturday and, um, just by Thursday at, at noon on Thursday, we're done taking orders. And so we kind of know how many we need for Friday morning. And, and so at around noon, Michelle will start making the dough. She'll make the dough. It'll go to a warm room around 80, 85 degrees. Um, it will proof there for about four hours, approximately give or take. Um, we'll pull the dough out. We'll start to, she'll cut it up. Um, I'll roll the bagels. We'll, Throw the bagels in a fridge. They'll be in a fridge for so 4 p.m. till about 5 5 p.m. 5 a.m. 11 hours. Like that's 
probably the minimum amount of time. Nine to 12 hours cold proof would be like the minimum you want. Um, Pull the bagels out in the morning, let them come up to room temperature, drop them in a a boiling pot of water with some syrup in there, um, bake them, pull them out, let them cool, package them, put them on the front step. I've never heard the syrup thing. Yeah, what's, barley malt syrup. What's the idea behind just to add a little That's bit of sweetness? The, the on New the York thing that helps helps with the uh, the out the exterior of the bagel. Interesting. Yeah, I'd not heard that. Yeah. Okay, I learned something. Well, I've learned a lot today, but that's one other thing that I've learned. How, how are the kids involved in the process? Are they kids are there? A lot of a lot of it is by osmosis at this point. They roll some bagels. They'll get in and roll some bagels. They'll be down there, you know, helping when the dough's getting mixed. Ideally, they're still sleeping when we're baking the bagels. We've we've unfortunately kind of forced them to be early risers as well. Um, so they're they're really in the whole process. All the packaging they're involved with. So every Wednesday is like our packaging night where we pull out our boxes, our bags, and we're like, all right, time to put labels on. And, like, and they'll they'll package all the things, and then where the oldest really gets involved is at the farmer's market. Um, the five-year-old and the three-year-old, not so much um, in terms of like hands-on activities, but I like to think the just being there and living in it mm-hmm. is, is involvement. Between managing the business, social media, creating the bagels, delivering the bagels, selling them at the farmer's market, everything, how many hours do you think you average on the business each week it's hard to say hard to say 30 maybe 30 a person maybe i mean 20 we haven't i haven't got to that number dan that i mean that that's a huge life adjustment though i mean to the common person if you just said okay we're gonna find 20 hours in your week or 30 hours even in your week where we're gonna fit in this new activity i think most people at least initially would just be like whoa i'm way too busy i can't give you five extra hours much less 20 to 30 how did you create that life adjustment to be able to to fit that in still maintain a full-time job still lead your family as a father how did you create that time if i was to ask you if you could go live your dream and this hasn't necessarily morphed into my dream yet but if i was to say here are the steps to go live out your dream and you need to give me 30 extra hours a week what would your answer be well to be completely honest i probably spend 25 to 30 hours on food stuff each week so there you go (laughs) there you go so uh, you but i don't know i don't have kids you don't even realize you're spending that time dan you don't even realize you're spending that time you're just doing it because you are finding purpose in the things you're doing. And if you had a family, I, I bet you your son or daughter would be right here in this room or behind that glass watching you, learning from you. And so you'd be bringing them along. So really, it's not as, as much time as you think. If you put it on paper, it looks like time. But if you're doing things that you find value in and you feel like you're being productive, I wouldn't say that that's like you're not looking at the clock. Okay. I like that. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. 
I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to stake, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on certifiedpiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. How, we've talked several times about your kids, and I, you know, there, there's a part of it where it's, you've talked about how it's cool to see them grow and, and evolve, but there's also something, and you and I have talked about this off the mics, it's really fun for you to establish a work ethic in them, where, you know, so many kids just, it's just, uh, get out the iPad or, you know, play video games, whatever it is. And those, instead of having those hours, your kids are like seeing you guys run a business. They're seeing you hustle. Like to them, downtime isn't watching Netflix or, you know, what, whatever it might be. It's no, we're going to work on the business here. We're going to, we're going to put our hours, put our sweat equity into this. How, important is that to you to instill that work ethic in your kids at such a young age it's all of it that's that's the thing dan um i'm grateful every day since we started this that we have this opportunity to go make make money but also have this thing that the kids can observe because um my wife and I work hard at our at our normal jobs. Like we've been at our jobs for a long time. We work hard, but it's hard to explain to our children, especially young children, what we do at those jobs and how we interact with people and why we are valued at our place of employment, right? We we come home and that's where they see us. Our kids see us when we walk in the door. They're not, you know, there might be a bring your son or daughter to work day which is a joke from the perspective of like actually observing work. Um, but they don't understand what we do. They just see food handed to them that they magically, magically was warmed up. Um, that cost money. And, and so I'm thankful every day that now we have a thing that they can watch and observe and understand how it works from beginning to end. And mom and dad are, you know, spending their time doing something for these reasons and they understand pieces of it now. They'll understand more as they get older, um, but it's everything. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time that I first heard about Omaha Bagel Company and it, it came on my radar, you guys were pretty established. I think you were about, well, probably not quite a year old, but at least like eight months in. And so at that time, you'd been at the farmer's markets. You've been delivering for quite a while. But I'm thinking like back to those first customers back in april of 2022 that's when you made your first deliveries like you talked about friends and family okay you know that's that's one thing yeah that's a good network but like how are these you talked about the other names on the list these names that you didn't know how are they finding out about bagels and like i'm just trying to like imagine the confidence in my mind to say i don't know who this guy is 
he's running some kind of like underground bagel network. I'm going to yeah. buy bagels yeah. from him and have him deliver them to my door this week. Like, that's just kind of a wild idea to me. It's a very clunky process. Let me put it <laughs> like that. People are like, people are messaging and texting like, bagels question mark like <laughs> am i in the right place like who are you the bagel guy yeah. and i'm like you've ha- you've got the right place like i'm so sorry it's very not smooth at all and then it's just if if we had like a smooth ordering process and all of that we would have probably grown a lot faster but that wasn't necessarily the model the model was just can we make a good product and then can we grow organically through word of mouth like Part of that is intentional. Um, and so those first customers were very much like word of mouth through our, our, our children's school at, at Christ the King and Paddock um, and Oakdale, not Paddock, um, and just word of mouth. And then us giving away bagels like, hey, can we give you some bagels? You can feed them to your dog if, if you want to. If you like them, you know, keep us in mind. Like we make bagels. And then it just it's a slow a slow thing but or, organic growth was always kind of the vision so we've talked a lot about the process of creating your bagel recipe or figuring out your bagel recipe but that is a i shouldn't say a small part of the business but it's only a part there's i mean you got to create a brand you have to have a logo you have to have insurance uh, you have to file an llc like there are so many other parts of owning a business that have nothing to do with the food itself. How did you figure out all that other stuff? Yeah, you just figure it out, Dan. You just figure it out. It's not that hard. You just do it. Uh, I worked with No More Empty Pots, which is where we make the cream cheese, um, but they have resources. The Small Business Administration has resources. Like I, I just went online to the Small Business Administration of Nebraska, and you can sign up and have a mentor call you that has experience. These folks just volunteer their time. They'll call you and say, hey, I heard, you know, you're looking to start a business. What can I help you with? And I just shot the breeze with with this gentleman that had business experience. I just ask friends that are in similar industries or have just done stuff on their own, like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Like asking someone for their advice is one of the biggest compliments you can give someone because you're basically saying, Hey, I value your opinion. I'd love for you to, you know, help me on my journey. And you form a a relationship like this whole thing, business, small business, especially is built on relationships and valuing each other. Like I completely value what you're doing for the community here in Omaha with things like this and bringing a spotlight to these small businesses. You potentially value a good bagel. We value each other. Very much bagel, value a good bagel. We value each other, and then that propagates, right? We find other other people that are doing similar stuff. We ask questions. We congregate to similar places, and then we're like, hey, I have no idea how to do this. Do you? They're like, yeah, I've done that. I did that five years ago. And they're like, let me tell you. Like, people want to share. And so you just figure it out. But you ask questions. You're curious. You're, you're humble. You're, you admit that you don't know what you're doing. Like these are the things, in my opinion, that just get you through life. Mm-hmm. And you're successful in life by doing these things. It's not small business. It's not bagels. It's not podcasts. It's just life, right? You're just curious. You're humble. You ask questions. And then you, 
you identify a problem, and if you want to go spend your time doing it, you do it. I think what you just said right there is like the most critical thing, and that's admitting that you don't know what you're doing and that you need help because we all do. There, the, everyone in their life, whatever they're doing, there's someone who's better at it. There's someone that they could learn from, but you have to be able to humble yourself and say, you know what, I'm pretty good at making bagels, but I think I could be a little bit better. So let me talk to, was it Ellie? Yeah. From Freedom yeah. 4? Yeah. So let me talk to Ellie. She knows more than I do. She's been doing this longer. Mm-hmm. And there's someone that Ellie can go to who can teach her more about baking. It's just having that mindset and being able to say, I'm not awesome yet. And if I am awesome, I can become more awesome at what I'm doing. So I, I think that that's just so healthy and it's it's evident in, in what you've done that you do approach it with such a humble mindset. Figure out what you do good and then what you don't do good. Figure that out too. And then go find people that do the things well that you don't do well. And mm-hmm. Bring them to the table. Motivate them to care about the thing you're doing. And then you're at the table and then you've got all your problems solved. It might, it's not all going to be you. You're going to have a collection of people. You're going to have a high-performing team of people around you personal, professional life, and you're going to figure stuff out together. Nobody does stuff by themselves, Dan. Mm -hmm. First farmer's market that you sold at was May 8th of 2022, which coincidentally was Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, You brought 120 bagels to the farmer's market and sold out in about half an hour. What do you remember most about that day? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, May 8th, 2022. That was no – I have to give – all credit to No More Empty Pots. Um, <clears throat> Eric from No More Empty Pots. And what, just for people who don't know, what's No More Empty Pots? Yeah, No More Empty Pots is a fabulous nonprofit here in town that offers, first of all, I think at their core, they are a shared kitchen. And so they have kitchen space that you can rent by the hour for small businesses, food businesses that are just getting started. You can rent a kitchen, a commercial kitchen, by the hour and produce your food there because Douglas County requires most foods that are temperature controlled um, and other other contingencies to be prepared out of a commercial kitchen. Number one thing that small entrepreneurs don't have, commercial kitchen. So No More Empty Pots fills that gap and allows you to be certified to make your food. They also come in then and offer entrepreneurship resources, networking. Um, they give back to the community a ton, so they do bag drops on on folks' houses, <clears throat> folks' doorsteps with, like, locally made food. So they just do a lot of stuff. Nancy Williams is the the CEO of that, and so big plug to them. And how that ties back to what the farmer's market was, that they, had, they have a booth at the farmer's market that they open up to their entrepreneurs, and no one was using it on May 8th, 2022. And I'm, like, talking to Michelle, I'm like, there's this booth at the farmer's market like, should we make some bagels? I'm like, we're not ready. You know, we're not ready to go sell bagels. But this, there's this empty space on this spreadsheet where I could just put our name in. And like, we can show up and make bagels. We've got all the stuff, you know, our, all the permits and everything. And we made bagels. And she's like, what I want for Mother's Day is for us to go sell bagels at the farmer's market. And I'm like, done, done. And so we made 120 bagels. And I'm like, Michelle, we're not going to sell any of these. Like, I'm going to come home with all these bagels. Um, made the bagels. Took forever. Um, got there. 30 minutes later, the bagels were sold. I'm like, people are buying these bagels. 
and that was it. And then we had to stay there for the next three and a half hours because you can't leave when really? you're there. You park your car there, and oh, they don't want the, that's they true, don't want the yeah. booths to like set up and then leave when they when they sell out, which is great. So then I'm just talking to people like on a super high. Like, oh, I sold all our bagels. Like, we're the kings of the world. <laughs> and it creates scarcity, though, because then somebody comes back. They, they're like, whoa, this, this bagel place sold out. Like, it must be pretty good. I'm going to try and get one of those next week. It was a great feeling. It's that feeling that you get as an entrepreneur when, when you get a win that makes you come back and go work harder and, and just dive in. That was that feeling where I'm like, oh, it's time to go. Like, let's go gas the tank was full of gas at that point yeah i was i was gonna ask how big of a motivator is that because you go you you just said you went in with a mindset that wasn't super positive you were like i don't know if anyone's gonna buy these nobody not nobody but probably most people here haven't heard of us Mm -hmm. do are they just gonna walk up to somebody they don't know and buy a bagel and then boom you're sold out that fast i mean that just has to be like a What's the thing they use in fast food? Like a NOS boost or something for your confidence, right? Yeah, like we've got something. Like let's go. Like so people want bagels. So there's your problem statement, right? You have a hypothesis. Like let me go prove this to be true or false. It was proved true. So then the next phase of, of business development is like what do we do from here? So then you start logically thinking about what the next steps are. And that's where that's where our mind went. What were the next steps for you? Just to make more bagels. <laughs> make more bagels. Continue to go to the farmer's market. To, uh, refine the branding. Um, get clearer with our, our messaging. Uh, improve the bagels, first of all. Um, just all the things. But it's not, it's not hard. There's just simple things that you do, and you have consistency. Consistency is really important for us in terms of we offer bagels in a very like weird way for pickup and delivery. Um, and we think being consistent and doing that week after week is important. Otherwise, it, it would be very easy for us to kind of lose touch with the small bit of awareness, the consumer base that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just do those things. You have grown a lot over a short period of time. I mean, we're talking, we're recording this late June. So we're talking, what, like 15, 16 months that you've been selling these professionally. Um, and you, you know, you tack on another month from when you first bought the mixer, what are the discussions that you've had as a family as with, with Michelle, as this thing is ramped up, because it's gained a lot of speed. Like, I bet if I would have told you, you know, um, if I would have told you at the beginning of this business, Hey, in a year and a half, you're going to be selling hundreds of bagels at the farmer's market every weekend maybe you would have been receptive to that, but you might've been like, Whoa, I, I had no idea this was going to grow that. Like, what are the discussions that you've had as this thing grows and grows and grows? And it's like, okay, maybe this isn't just like a little side hustle that might work, but no, we have something here. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to, to you, Sarah Baker Hansen, Becky app, uh, a number of other people that um, I'm not thinking of right now for just helping with that, that growth. Um, but I wouldn't have believed that we would be here would I have totally not believed it? No, because there's just a logical way to approach things. And I would say, yeah, that's possible. That seems unlikely, but here we are. And so the conversations when we're spending all those hours um, as a family, as a wife and husband um, doing this, as opposed to other things, is just more like, how you doing? Like, we okay? 
Like, is this the a way that you're okay with spending your time? Like, I understand we could be doing a lot of other things. Do you see the vision? Are you bought in? And it's okay that you're not bought in at some day, some days, some days you are bought in like, but in general, are we in this together? Um, are you getting enough sleep? Like what's your week look like? Communication is, is so important. Um, what, what do I need to pick up for you just in general? Since I know you're making the dough today, like, you know, when are we cleaning the house? Just this, like the things that make a successful marriage and a successful relationship between friends, partners, parents, children, communication. That's it. Those are the conversations. Mm -hmm. Same as you and your wife are having when you're both like a little overtasked throughout the week. We're having the same conversations. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important to be able to recognize, hey, my wife and I actually just had this conversation the other day you have to have those conversations in marriage where it's like, Hey, I'm running low right now. I, you know, if a hundred percent is I'm in a great place, I'm at like 25 right now. Can mm-hmm. I, can I have you pick me up a little bit? And these are the specific areas where I, I need some support right now to be able to have that communication is, I mean, it's like I said, it's important in any marriage, but especially when you're operating a business, I imagine that's only amplified. It's amplified. Everything's amplified. When, when your free time decreases, every, every bit of time you're spending on anything else is amplified. So time management is, is definitely an emphasis. When you look at the future of Omaha Bagel Company, what do you see? I'd love a shop. I don't want to quit my job. I love my job. I'd love a shop in my community, in our community. And we just, we have a place where people come, get great bagels, the best bagels in Omaha, that's number one, but then they just feel like there's an experience that they get there that goes beyond the bagel. And so that's the vision right now. That's where I'll stop the vision. Um, It's that shop. It's a place where my kids are doing their homework. Entrepreneurs are coming. Andy Stoll um, gave a great talk at, at Millwork downtown a couple months ago talked about the tucked and the untucked. And so the untucked are these, these typically younger, not to like put people in a box, a younger group of people that have ideas, right? But they don't have resources. They don't have money. They don't have the network to go execute these things. They don't have a framework to really think about the true steps it takes to get there. Those are the untucked. You have the tucked, who are the the folks that have kind of been through the ringer. They've had failures. They've had successes. They've seen it all. They're pretty even keel, and they typically have resources. They know how to get things done, whether it's through capital or through just conversation or um, networking, um, what have you. The tucked and the untucked coming together is how the community grows. And Andy stated this so much better than than I am right now. The bagel shop would be like a very small microcosm of the tucked and the untucked coming together, having those conversations, and then they walk out of there with a bagel, right? But also like an idea and some motivation and some some thoughts on what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they're like, this guy and his wife started a bagel shop. They're not doing anything special. Why can't I do it? And then hopefully they stay in the community. They do it in Omaha. The, the community grows. 
and then we're doing cool stuff, Dan. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And Omaha Bagel Company is just a thing that brings something to the table, right? And we're part of the conversation. And then more people are doing stuff. The, conversa- the table grows and Omaha grows. And it's just, there you go. That, what you just said right there, is a huge reason why I, I just want to continue to shine the spotlight on Omaha Bagel Company. A, because I legitimately think your product is fantastic. And, I mean, my wife and I don't eat a ton of bagels, but if we do now, it's going to be one from the Omaha Bagel Company. Like, no questions asked. But B, is how inspiring you are. And I think that's what we've talked about over these last, you know, 50, 55 minutes is just there, there is time in your life to do what you want to do. There's an opportunity in your life to do what you want to do. You might feel like you're super busy, but if you feel like you're super busy, look at your screen time on your phone and cut that in half or cut, if you cut that in three quarters, whatever it is. There's time in your life to pursue what you want to do. And if you approach it with that humble attitude, like you guys have done, and you ask questions and you just look for opportunities, there's opportunities for everyone. You guys are an inspiration to show that if you want something, you can go get it. And I I, I just I think that that's so inspiring and so cool. And yeah, I, I guess I don't really have a question to be based off of that, but I'm just enamored by with what you guys have built in not even a year and a half and it was all just sparked by one little offhanded comment by your wife like it's amazing it's amazing to me the whole thing is fun and it's still fun and it drives conversations like this dan which are exciting to me and there's so many people that are like i have this little idea i just don't necessarily know how to take it to the next step um, call me. Like, let's talk about stuff, right? Like, I'm not that smart. I just am curious and want to, like, do stuff. And this is the thing right now that's, that's given me passion in addition to my family and my real job and, and just living life. And I know other people are in the same place in their life, and I'd love to just have a conversation with mm-hmm. them. I know. You are a very curious guy, which is... <laughs> Just it's an admirable quality. We're we're getting up against the clock, but I got two questions that I like to ask just about every guest who's on here. And I'm specifically interested in your answers because you you come from outside, you know, the the restaurant industry and even the food industry uh in general. The first one is this. What is one thing you think that your customers or just diners in general don't understand about the food industry that you wish they did understand? I don't know. These guys work their asses off behind the scenes. Uh, I mean, there is no excuse to be impolite to anyone that is at a, a place of business serving you. If, and I think that's rare. It's just so rare that someone is a bad human. But if, if you feel entitled to be rude to, to someone, especially at a restaurant, these guys are not getting rich. And, you know, you think that you're above them, then just shame on you. But that I don't, that's not really answering your question. No, but I think it, they it just I answer. think they work so hard. I think they work so hard and um, they're creators at the end of the day. And then 
to get you out of here on a positive note, what is your favorite part about having this business, being a part of Omaha's food community now? Multiple things. The conversations. This has allowed me to have conversations with people that I never would have had and just ask questions about what they do and learn so much. And then it's just watching my seven-year-old son look someone in the eye and I didn't even teach him the whole, we give a whole spiel like, have you had the bagels before? Here's our flavors. You need to freeze them, yada, yada, yada. And uh, here's our card if you haven't had the bagels before. We didn't necessarily teach him how to do that. Last week, he stepped up. I'm like, Will, your turn. He did the whole thing without any prompting. I'm like, and I'm, I look at my wife. I'm like, he's just watching us. He just learned all that from observing us. And so to all you parents out there, your kids are watching everything you do. And so that's the, like the, one of the proudest moments so far on the journey. That's really, really cool. Well, Omaha, I, I mean, I, I, I think you've heard it. Like this guy cares immensely about what he does. This guy, he's not going to half-ass any bagel that comes out of his house. It's going to be handcrafted. It's an excellent company. So text the bagel guy. Just get Hank's number. Just text him bagels, question mark. Yep. Shoot me a text. <laughs> He'll bring a delivery to your house. Uh, you guys have, I think, eight or nine flavors? So Yeah, around around that. We rotate a couple in and out. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's plenty of options. Omaha, this is your opportunity. Like, like Hank said, Omaha loves bagels, but I think there's another level of bagel that you can experience. So... Hank, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time. I mean, we talked about how busy you are. You gave an hour to the show. That's amazing. Thank you. Dan, right back at you. I appreciate everything that you do for the, the small food community. I, I know you've propped up a lot of businesses on, on your back, and so thank you to what you're doing as well. It's like you said, we're all just supporting one another, man. You're right. What you do helps me. If I can help you a little bit back, fantastic. I'll always do that. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.